You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is the lovely Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. I've been better, but I've been worse, so not too bad. Me too. I just got over a fever. Yeah, you did. Even though sometimes I wonder if I still get it randomly, which is really weird. I think that's just a hot flash. (laughs) I am not. I am not that old. Okay. Did you just roll your eyes? I would never. You did. I saw it. There is no proof. I am sitting right here just because they can't see it doesn't mean (laughs) I can't. Well. Someday we're going to have to do this YouTube style so they can see us. That'd be fun. Or if there's other website, you're the IT people. I'm not. I'm just here. That would be fun. I used to go to school for all that stuff, but it was hardware because I was going for networking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Software, yeah, different story. Completely different story. Completely different story. I'm like, do-do-do, I learned binary numbers. That's as good as it's going (laughs) to (laughs) get. I O I O I O. Yeah, that's... I bet you don't even know what I said. Yeah. It's okay. Anyway. (laughs) Should we get this thing going? If you want to, because you are first. All right. Okay. Before I start my first story, I'm really scared. Why are you scared? Is it some political BS? No, it's not political BS. I'm scared we've done it already, and I don't remember. Oh, I will laugh so hard. I'll have you. You might have even done it, and I don't remember. Or maybe we heard it somewhere else, and I don't remember. Real quick, it's not like we have over a thousand episodes yet. We the haven't even hit 100 yet. The first 15 episodes have no show notes and just a title. What's that going to do for me? It give you an inkling of a clue? It gives me an inkling of a clue of one story we covered. I don't know if you noticed well, when we we'll came in here, see. I was on the website going through the title. <laughs> we will see if I have a better memory than you. All right. I bet I do. When I found this story, I read it, and I'm like, I've heard this before, but this is really cool. This would be cool to talk about on the podcast. You listen to a lot of podcasts. I do though. listen to a lot of podcasts, so it's So do I. Right well, there, not so. as many as you. I'm not an aerophobic. Okay. So I guess the best way is just to jump into it. How, do, you, do you know anything about a guy <laughs> named <laughs> Hiro Ononda? Off of the movie Heroes? No. No. Okay, the Japanese, sol- it was a Japanese soldier. There's a possibility, but keep going. Okay. Anyway, um, where was I? I have to start in kind of the middle of this one. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> where do we start? In the middle. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, 1943, Hiro Anonda was uh, assigned to a, an island in the Philippines during World War II as a, as, as a member of the military, and he had a... A few other people that were assigned there with him. Um, as the years went on, uh, people... Uh, 1945 came around, the war was over, and people came to tell him that the war was over, but he didn't believe them. He thought it was a, a hoax by the, um, Try to pull the him allies away from his post. trying to get him away from his post, so he decided he didn't want to... Didn't believe it. Um, through the 50s, more 1950s, uh, more people would come see him, and he ended up killing like 30 different... Uh, Filipino uh, people thinking that he was at war, you know, Uh, I'm at war. (laughs) I don't think I've heard this. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until 1974 when... Wait, how many years later? 
Well, he was there for 30 years, almost. Oh. Yeah, 30 years, almost. Something was drilled into his head. In 1974, um, Japan knew he was there. The the world knew he was there, actually. There were stories about him, and you know, but he wouldn't believe anything. You know, he was hiding in the jungle, basically, um, until in 1974, Japan decided to take, to find the person who was his commanding officer, which the guy was still alive, Thank and God. sent him there to tell him the war was over. Did he get shot? No. Um, he immediately recognized his commanding officer. He, once he was told the war was over, he dropped to his knees and just started weeping, handed over his weapon. Oh my God. He started weeping because he's been there 30 years. He's been there 30 years fighting a war. (laughs) Because he's had no one to talk to other than the arguments of the war is not over. Yeah, it was, uh, it was 1949 when the last other person that was with him fighting died. So yeah, he'd been alone for almost that whole 30 years. Um, he did uh, go back home to Japan. Um, the president of the Philippines at the time gave him a pardon for the people that he killed because he thought he was at war, so they weren't going to prosecute him for murder or anything like that. <laughs> oh um, he was seen as you know, kind of a, a hero in Japan, but he didn't like the limelight, so he moved to Brazil uh, where he uh, was a farmer. In Found Brazil. a place in the middle of nowhere yeah. so he could live by himself like a hermit. And and he did that for a number of years until the, the 90s when he decided to go back to Japan and started um, schools for small children. So, I mean, he lived a... Schools for small children? Yeah, like preschools. Oh. So. Okay. That was kind of neat. Uh, he is no longer alive. He did die a few years. In 2014, he passed away. But just imagine thinking you're at war for 30 years and one of the articles I read about him talked about his experience going back home to Japan to a country that was 30 years older than the one he left. The new technology he's never Oops. seen. The He's been hiding in the jungle for 30 years. Like, that's just well, <laughs> mind-boggling to try, to try to think about that. Yeah, I mean, think about people. This probably is not a good example or as good of an example, but people who go to jail. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's similar. I mean, you but, are in jail. You see stuff on TV yeah. and stuff, but you're not actually experienced. Yeah, you're not experienced. But at least you see some stuff, or might hear about stuff, or read a newspaper. This guy didn't have any of that. Or picture people who live in uh, let's pick an odd place, northern Minnesota, and you go somewhere like New York. Yeah, it's like thirty years LA. difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thirty year difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, when you go to northern Minnesota, it's like you're taking a step back in time. It kind of is. I'm not no, I'm not putting anybody down from who's from northern Minnesota. It's a beautiful, I, beautiful I, place. I, <laughs> I would never put anyone down from northern Minnesota. That would almost be like a throat punch. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I was really worried because I know I've heard this story somewhere, um, but I'm glad I did not tell it here before. So I was able to tell it without feeling too embarrassed. Well, I'm glad you didn't tell it either, because I would have made fun of you, <laughs> I know you and would've. never that's let you was, live it down. That's the part I was afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> never letting, or never, me never letting you live it down. Yes, yes. I can't even talk straight, so <laughs> I never even let me live that down. Yeah, yeah. I I was getting laughed at today because I was sitting in my cube, and somebody, two people walk by, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and I'm like, 
That was not me. <laughs> oh my god, I got crop dusted. Funny. And I sit up and I'm like, "You guys smell that?" So two people walk by and I don't know who it was, but we got crop dusted. Finally, I was like, "Dust crop dean," and one of the coworkers were like, "You just said dust crop dean." I'm like, "I said it five times in a row, right?" Ash, <laughs> ask her, ask her, and she just shook her head. Yes, yeah, she did. She did. I'm like one slip. One last thing. There is some reports. None of them have been confirmed. Um, and the last like reports that were kind of out there were in the early 2000s, but that there were still two Japanese soldiers in uh, Mindano, which is also a, a Filipino island. Um, and they're in their 80s now, thinking they're hiding in the mountains, thinking they're still at war. Mm, but I highly, I highly doubt, doubt it. it. That's like 15 years ago, last time anybody even thought about it. 80 years ago? So. I mean, maybe they're still alive, but... It's possible. I, I highly doubt it. I doubt it, too. I doubt it, too. I highly doubt it. Well, I'm glad so. this guy's war finally got to come to an end. Yes. At least he got to, like, go travel and, yeah. and do something outside of feeling like you're under attack. Yeah. It was kind of amazing, also, is, like, his weapon was in perfect working order. That's, that's because... I mean, that's all he did know, was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first thing they train you is, is what? It is. It is. Make sure you keep your gun clean. Make sure it's, make sure it's operational and works. It's like your baby. It is. It so, is. So, anyways, I this is actually right around the si- same time frame, but it's something completely on the opposite end. Okay. So, I'm bringing to the table cow shoes. Cow shoes? So, you've never heard of them? Are they like horseshoes? No. Why? (laughs) It makes sense to me. But I said it's for the same era around that you, the war, World War II, what else happened? No idea. The Prohibition. Okay. Okay. But even before that, actually, so I lied a little. Yeah, we're... Um, Moonshiners use cow shoes to hide their footprints. See the little picture there? That is cool. So they would like... Put them on the bottom. Put of them their on the bottom feet, of their feet, and that way it doesn't show their walk, so footprints. That's the an awesome snow idea. In the dirt or in the muck, it wouldn't look like if you're going to your little hidden. Yeah, it just looked like cows must be wandering off that way. Why exactly. would I go over there? There's it's, nothing over there it's to just see. A cow. There are no human footprints. <laughs> There's nothing back there. Just animals. So, uh, moonshiners have a history. That predates prohibition by a long stretch. Mm -hmm. So these have been around for a long, long time. Um, As far as back as the American Revolution. And maybe just a little while after that. So um, the prohibition, as most of us knew, um, started. I don't even know the year it started, but it started with the war. um, And it was levied a tax on something that a lot of people wanted and used alcohol Mm -hmm. to pay for the war and funding of a new country Mm because we're still kind of newer yet. I mean, we still are kind of newer. We're we're the youngest country. We're a baby. Um, The government levied the excess, I'm saying that wrong, taxes against alcohol as a means of serving the national debt um, and new federal government Mm -hmm. moonshining continued to grow prohibition rolled around and demanded demand for moonshine skyrocketed yeah um most operations were in a remote place 
meadows or the woods where they might be better avoided being noticed. Of course, you don't want to yeah, be don't, noticed. It's don't illegal. want people to notice you doing something illegal. <laughs> so pretty much, you know, kind of where the meth labs are nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but there are still moonshiners out there. Oh, yes. Yes, there are. Yes, so, there are. I've had some moonshine in my life. Not I've anytime never recently, but had moonshine. Long time ago in North Carolina. what you would call the true mm. moonshine. Um, I probably wouldn't drink it. I'd probably hurl and it'd burn it burn my gross. nose. It was really gross. I, I could only imagine. Um, so I'm not saying I would ever want to try it because <laughs> I'm, I'm weak when it comes to drinking. <laughs> but if alcohol was illegal and you really wanted to try, really wanted some alcohol, maybe you would try it. I would still probably throw up. My It would burn coming out of my nose as I breathed. I can guarantee it because I can feel it yeah. right now even thinking of it. Like, yep. oh my God. It hurts. <laughs> um, but moonshiners were sought after by law enforcement. Um, some moonshiners, they came up with unusual ways of camouflaging their tracks and throwing pursuits off trail, such as cow shoes. Cow shoes. That's just a genius idea. I, I could imagine that being useful for a lot more than just moonshining. Like Running away you from know. your parents like, I'm not hiding with a boy in this tree fort over here. Those were the cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not what I was thinking, but I okay. I know that's not what you were thinking. <laughs> uh, May 27th of 1922, the issue of Evening Independence, a Florida newspaper, um, explains this creative method of avoiding detection. <laughs> so as you know, ever since that article came out, it came it became much less effective. I suppose so, people start looking for cow shoes. Yep. And the problems were not only from the organized crime. It also included things like loss of um, jobs, brewing, distillery industry, yep. And not only that, things that are related to it, like the barrel making, mm-hmm. hospitality, oh, yeah. glass workers, truckers. So, and also the government lost tax revenue that had been previously generated when they had the alcohol For- sales. Mm-hmm. So, with all of that, uh, the law changed and prohibition on December 5th, of 1933. Yay, let's get drunk was again. repealed. So. Cool, cool. Could you imagine, like, Walking down an alley in a big city and what the hell? Has a cow been around here? What the- <laughs> it wouldn't have been in New York City. I just thought it was fun. I feel like it was like San Antonio with the salsa. Was it Peso? <laughs> yeah. They're like, New York pe- City. Yeah. I remember that commercial from being a kid. Oh, I just aged myself. <laughs> I was eight when I watched that. <laughs> just saying. Oh. So. Well, cool, cool. My next kind of... Wait, wait. Oh, I thought you were done. I was done, but I just wanted to stop you. But if you want to see cow tracks, there's going to be a link and a picture of the little shoe on there. Cool. So Cool. I'm going to make my own. My next story, I'm surprised I never heard about it until I found found it this week. And it's not something in the news this week. It's a laugh if I know about it. It wouldn't surprise me if you did, but it just seems like something I would have heard about with what I read, what I watch, what I listen to. You'd think I would have heard about either of my next two stories, to tell you the truth. But anyway, Vegas. Does this have to do with like Nevada and Area 51? Because Ian tried to tell me yesterday when I picked him up from daycare, he was building Area 51. 
Cool. And he said, aliens are there. And I said, no one knows what's there. But I tell you what, you're going to grow up and you're going to work at Area 51. And when I'm on my deathbed, you're going to tell me what's there. And nobody will ever know because I'm going to die with that secret. He's like, that's right, mom. <laughs> I'm okay. going to work at Area 51. <laughs> I love my kid. <laughs> anyway, in Las Vegas, have you ever heard of the Heart Attack Grill? Las Vegas Heart Attack Grill. Are they serving like potatoes and cheese and bacon and grease? Uh, they, they serve burgers, fries, things like that. I haven't heard of it. Okay, well. It's, I'm it's, shocked because I've been there like three, it, four times. It's kind of a theme restaurant. Um, the waitresses are all dressed in nurse outfits. Oh. Um, the menu has things like the single bypass burger, the double bypass burger, the triple bypass burger, things like are that. Are these actual greasy burgers? Yeah, they're burgers. Or are they're... they wrapped in turkey no, no. burgers No, no, no. Lettuce? These are real, real burgers. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> we must go there. One of... Uh, uh, you know, and one of the things they're famous for is uh, if you're over 350 pounds, you eat for free. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have a new goal, ladies and gentlemen. It is not to lose weight the- and get in shape. It is to gain a crap load of weight. <laughs> the uh, entry slogan is a burger to die for. And one of their daily customers in 2013 did just that, unfortunately. <gasps> Uh, 52-year-old John Allen or John Alleman, uh, he died uh, collapsing of a heart attack at the bus stop right in front of the restaurant. He was known kind of as the restaurant's unofficial mascot. Okay, we're he, never going there because you had kind of said <laughs> John Allen, like you were saying your name backwards, and yeah. that was like a sign, and we're just not going anyway, there ever. He was kind of an official mascot for the restaurant. He wasn't an Aww. employee or anything like that, but they actually had like a character of him on their menu because he came in every day. So he was kind of like, you know, their little mascot. Um, Out of curiosity, and this is going to sound mean, and it's not meant to sound mean, but did he get the eat there free? I, I, you know, I'm not sure. No, I mean, not not because of weight. No. Okay. Not because of weight. No. I had to ask because why wouldn't you go somewhere you get to eat free? Oh, yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the Heart Attacks Grill's second uh, official, unofficial spokesman to die uh, in March of 2011. Um, a 575-pound man um, named Blair River, uh, also known as the Gentle Giant, died of uh, flu-related pneumonia um, at the restaurant. But he didn't die of the heart attack, at least. Oh, my God. That's where I'm going to die one day. <laughs> in... Uh, <laughs> In February 2012, a man was hospitalized with apparent heart problems after chowing down the 6,000-calorie triple bypass burger. Uh, Two months later, a woman suffered from similar medical problems while eating the double bypass burger. Is there a triple bypass burger? There is. The triple is 6,000 calories. There is also an 8,000. Jesus. There is an 8,000-calorie quadruple bypass burger. It is four half-pound patties, eight slices of American cheese, a whole tomato, half an onion, served in a lard-coated bun. Never. <laughs> never. Unless we are there without our kids because they won't eat lettuce, tomatoes. If it's touching the burger and yeah. stuff they don't like. Um, but unless we're with two other people where we could take it and cut it down to 2,000 yeah. calories Just feed the and whole then family. make it 
last for the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> um, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medic- Medicine out of Washington, D.C. sent a letter to the restaurant restaurant's owner asking him to declare moral bankruptcy and close the restaurant due to health reasons. Moral um, But the bankruptcy. owner of the restaurant said uh, that, no, um, seeing these deaths is a wake-up call for myself and not to eat that way, but it won't stop me from touting such calorific foods. Uh, the grill is where you can be yourself. We accept people as they are. What is moral bankruptcy? I've never heard of that before. It's a, it, it's a, it's a term used when like somebody's asking you to close a business because it is not acceptable to the public anymore. It's not, not, not that it's illegal, and it's not that you <laughs> went out of business, but what you do is no longer acceptable to the if public. If I ever have to ever... For whatever reason, file bankruptcy. I'm gonna say, please let it be a moral bankruptcy. <laughs> yes, I'd much rather have it be, be a moral bankruptcy because I just moral morally am out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think I'm morally where I need to be, but you know, yeah, it sounds a lot m- more fun yeah so like there's you know (laughs) chapter 11 chapter 13 this is chapter 69 bankruptcy is moral bankruptcy 69 (laughs) i don't know you had to throw that number in there i had to happy meal (laughs) (laughs) anyways anyways moving on to more morally better things okay so do you know what the third happiest country is in the world the third happiest country? Third. No. You know what the first is? Yes, I think I do. I know what you're going to say. What are you going to say? Finland. Finland. Okay, that's moved down. Oh. But anyways. Close enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in the top they, three, I'm they sure. They were, but everything every year changes. Mm-hmm. At one point, they were. Oh, yeah. Um, however, uh, Denmark, oh, that over the past me. seven years, has been number three of the world's happiest report or mm-hmm. has on the report for UN's World Happiness Report. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. So the It's secret- another Scandinavian country. Is it really Scandinavia, even though it's not up there? It's down here? It's still considered Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland. It's all kind of... It's considered Scandinavia, even though it's kind of on the other side of the waterway there. But yeah. Okay, because I, I guess my... Geography was a little off because I always assumed it was only those three countries up no, there. Denmark is included as well. Well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> That's something that in this people would have helped me with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, the secret to their happiness may lie in the heart of their education system, which honestly, after reading this, okay. I think we, we here need to implement this into our education oh, system. I'm sure I'll agree. And it's only one hour out of the week. Okay. One hour out of the week. And this also floored me. Um, the empathy program starts at age six in their first year of school. Age six in their first year of school. That's a good thing. Okay. All of my kids started at the age of three with the exception of one. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Three. Anyways. Um, which I don't agree with, but the two needed yeah needed some the yeah. additional help because I wanted them to be where they needed yes. when they started kindergarten. Um, 
So this continues until the age of 16. Okay. So one hour each week, the children have empathy lessons during class and tid or the class's hour, hmm. except for a special time once a week and a core part of the curriculum. The purpose is the students come together in a relaxed and comfortable setting to discuss any problems, any problems that they may have. Um, and the class tries to find a solution together. That is an amazing idea. So any problem open for discussion, yeah. anything Regarding the school, even unrelated to school, the rest of the class and the teachers then debate ways to solve the problem. The teacher helps the students by teaching them how to really listen to and understand others. I imagine this has has a big influence on the population. Well, it makes me wonder how many, this is going to sound political now, but it's not meant to. Mm -hmm. How many school shootings are out there? Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, it is it is not a coincidence, and I know this isn't part of your story, but it's not a coincidence that, like, Denmark's jails barely have doors on them. Like A lot of countries don't even people, have gates I, around I, I the just, jails. I just, re- I just watched this documentary, like, uh, this is getting a little too while political. ago. It was really cool. <laughs> you're just discussing a story about education. But now you're on to jail. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, my God. Our school system is like a jail. <laughs> it is, but I'm talking about, like... I'm talking about what can happen because of an education system. Anyways, we're getting too political. I mentioned one political thing and you go off. I love it. <laughs> um... So when no issues are raised for discussion, the group come together and they just chill. They relax. Cool. So according to journalist, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Cartolota Bolina, the children are not afraid to speak up because they feel part of a community and they are not alone. Yeah. So because I was even thinking as I was reading this, like, what if you're that one kid, like, they're all going to laugh at me. I thought that was kind of funny yeah. because I was that kid. I mean, that would. I don't even want to say anything because they're all going to think I'm stupid. Just because it's a, a totally different culture that would happen here. Exactly. Like, you couldn't have, you'd have to like completely overdo everything to have something like this here. Because, yeah, I so. can Im- I can imagine yeah, many situations where this wouldn't work out well here. Um, well, it. It could. could but we would just have to continue with it and through generations. Yeah. In the beginning, it would be a little rough. Exactly. So, um, Danes teach empathy in two ways. The first way is through teamwork. And then the second way is through collaborative learning. Hmm. So, a child cool. who is naturally talented in mathematics without learning to collaborate with their peers will not go much further. They would need help of other subjects. Um, so it is a great lesson to teach children from an early, late, early age, since no one can go through life alone. So if cool. you're good in math, you might not be so good in reading Yeah, and you can get sure. help with somebody who is good in math or in reading mm-hmm. and you can help them with their math. Mm-hmm. So it just, to me, it's like. You help me out, I'll help you out. You know, it's like I scratch your back, you scratch my back, mm-hmm. except it's it's a group effort. Yeah, so, I like that. 
So I could go on and on and on about it, but it's about building the empathy skills. Like just because I'm better than you in this doesn't mean you're not better mm-hmm. than me in this. Yeah. So if we work together, we can be better together. Yeah. And having a full population willing to talk about their problems is a good start. Definitely. <laughs> and I almost want to like email this to a few people who work in our school district and be like, you know, let's be that first school. <laughs> yeah. Let's be the first school to kind of push through and be an example. Hmm. I don't know if it would go anywhere, but it, it's it's worth a try. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I don't think it will go anywhere, but I like the idea. I would It would take a, a revolution here, I think, to get it to, to happen here. I don't but. know if it'd take a, a revolution. It usually takes one person to kind of go outside the norm. And if other people catch on, it can catch on pretty quick, I'm too. not saying it can't catch on, but you're going to have a lot of those people holding back and saying, hell no. You always no. have that, no matter what it is. I mean, I can I can think of a whole bunch of people I know that would, you know, hell no, my, Bobby's not coming to school and telling you what his problems are. You're there to teach him two plus two. You take little Bobby <laughs> to another school then, sir, because this is our <laughs> curriculum. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on to my next story. Yay! I'm going to talk about something in Seattle. Seattle? Yeah. Washington? Something that's, something that's known as the world's most mysterious soda machine. <gasps> I actually looked at this you look today. look at this Because guess what I brought? A travel. Cool, cool. Funny. Um, I do have a couple of different stories about this soda machine, but you know, as you can see, it's an old style Coke and you push machine. it and you get what you get. You get what you get. Not only you get what you get, but you get odd, not unreleased, but not widely released sodas. Or like Surge? You know, you might get a Surge. You might get, you know, not now, but 10 years ago, you might got a new Coke. And that hasn't been around for 30 years. You know a what I mean? new Coke? Yeah, what? The new Coke. Remember when new Coke came I didn't came drink out? Coke. I drank Mountain Dew and Pepsi. When I was a little kid, it was in the 80s, when oh. Coke decided to change their flavor, went to new Coke. And then I that didn't work, Shasta. so they went back to Coke Classic. <laughs> Yeah. No idea. But anyway, you could get all kinds of like weird stuff like that. Hey, you just what push was a button. That? Clear and Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi. I oh. love that stuff. Love that stuff. That was back in the day when Cindy Crawford was yeah. around modeling that on commercials. Anyway, this this soda machine though, nobody knows. Okay, I'm sure somebody knows, but nobody publicly knows who owns it or where it comes from or who fills it up. <laughs> it is plugged in at a liquor outside of a liquor store and the owner of the liquor store says it's not his but he does allow it obviously to be using his electricity he's a liar that's probably more than likely but um somebody he's probably too scared of being fined for expiration dates probably probably liar liar pants on fire (laughs) (laughs) um but in 2018 they were doing some construction on the building Okay. And the machine disappeared. <gasps> Weird. Not only did the machine disappear, but a note was left in the machine's place that said went for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I just got up and walked away. The Coke machine, the machine does have a Facebook page. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm going that to That has some this. posts every once in a while. I don't know when the last time there was a post on there. Um, it has not, the, the, the soda machine has not been seen in, uh, 
about a year, a year and a half or so. Okay, so, so it is missing. What's the name of this Facebook? I don't know. What was the name of the title again? Uh, mystery. Uh, Pop machine, Coke mis- mystery machine, mystery soda machine. I think. Soda, mystery soda machine. There it is. Woo! I'm following this. I just liked it. <laughs> Mystery Soda Machine, if you're listening, I just liked your page. The owner of the store that's right there did say that the last time he saw the soda machine, it was broken open, like somebody had broken into it. There's some change on the ground and some plastic on the ground, and that's the last time he saw it. So why, why is it on the Great Wall? That's not the Great Wall of China. Is that the Great Wall of China? Probably. There's People are posting pictures of it traveling the world. That's not the Great Wall of China. I'm not sure. I don't think so, no. But people have been posting pictures of it kind of traveling the world, even though it's not really traveling the world. I mean, my guess is it's in a junkyard somewhere. But, <laughs> but, but the mystery soda machine, I thought that was so cool. I would love to have something like that pop up in my neighborhood, like something iconic that the world can go, oh, that's cool, but it's nothing really big. It's just this machine. People when I was about. a little kid, back in the 90s. Back in black and white. My aunt um, had a pop machine in their basement. They rented a house, so it wasn't their pop machine, but Mm -hmm. they kept it full because they were able to open it, but they used it as a refrigerator. And I remember going there and just hitting the buttons. Like, who? I got so many pops for free. (laughs) (laughs) When I was... When I was uh, early... People are going to know where we're from just for saying the word pops. Probably, probably. I actually was going to bring a whole story about that, but I didn't. Um, on where kind of each dialect comes from and why on the soda thing. But That's because we live in... Oh, I'm just ruining this. We live in a part where it gets so cold. When you leave a pop out in the car, it goes yeah, that's not how it got its name, but close. Whatever. Close. It is from Whatever. a sound. Whatever. It is from the sound, but it's the sound of opening it, not the sound of it exploding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. When you I, I was going to say, when Alan. I was uh, when I was early adulthood, um, my dad owned a business, and my brother, who's six years younger than me, so he's a teenager, got the responsibility and the the benefit of at their business, they had a pop machine and it was my brother's job to fill the pop machine, <laughs> but he got to keep the money. Shut and I was up. so freaking jealous. I'm like, here, I'm going to, I'm early adulthood starving for money. And I'm, my brother's walking around with all this change. You know? <laughs> it used to make me so mad. <laughs> I would have loved to have that job. Just saying. Yeah. They ha- still have a pop machine. No, this was at the old location. Well, I figured, but you know, you never know. Your brother might have thought that was still his job. Yeah, no. <laughs> his job is now delivering things other than pop. This is true. This is true. He's not a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or a pizza delivery driver. But he Sometimes used to be. I see him when he drops things in my mailbox. Yeah. Big hint. Anyways, um, my last story. This is going to sound familiar to you because we have heard something similar, not really similar to this, but as soon as they say the title, you're going to be like, I know what's going to pop in your head. Okay. Take a walk through Atlanta's Doll Heads Trail. What went through your head? I don't know. Doll Island? Whatever. I don't know. Off of Mexico with the dolls? 
Maybe we'll bring remember, that to the table one day, but we're not going to talk about that now because none of us talked about that in this show. We just heard it somewhere else together. Okay. I might have fallen asleep. We've had this conversation on the show you before. You did not fall asleep. Okay. I remember talking about this and while that was going on. Anyways, anyways. So, um, tucked away in a corner in southeast Atlanta is Constitution Lakes, a little-known nature preserve that's home to a scenic, scenic wetlands, a variety of wildlife, and a constantly evolving art exhibit created entirely from items found in the park. So, okay, um, it was once the site of a brickyard, shut down nearly 50 years ago, and the lakes were created when water filled the clay um, excavation pits. Today, Constitution Lakes is a wetland habitat. Um, it's popular for birding, you know, herons, geese, mm-hmm. kingfishers, hawks, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm so excited about birds. <laughs> Unless it's a hummingbird, we're not going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the preserve uh, sustains a wide range of plant species, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, um, if you venture off the boardwalk to further explore explore the preserve, you might happen upon a hidden gem of the park, Doll's Head Trail. Hmm. In 2011, park regulators began constructing art pieces along a section of the trail uh, with found items only at... Um, constitution lakes i don't know why i had an issue with that word i just said it previously so the trail is now public art built by the public the displays have changed over time mostly due to like cherry picking and vandalism visitors are encouraged to add to the exhibit as long as they abide by the rule only use pieces found in the park Hmm. that's really interesting so Hikers can also leave their own mark by picking up one of the markers left along the trail to subscribe a note, quote, or I was here message on the numerous bricks that are dotted, that dot the path. So (laughs) there's like, if you go to our link, I, there's going to be, it'll bring you to this page where you can actually click on a video and somebody has walking the path. Mm Mm-hmm. But because things change because of the vandalism yeah. and all that fun stuff, it's no longer like that. But if you make something, you take a picture of it, you put it up here, um, submit it. So you can go on that website and see all the past stuff. Cool. Stuff you know, that might still be there. You can go there and make your own stuff too. One of the captions here is so true. If a doll head creeps you out, the trail will force you to face your fears. <laughs> There's some creepy pictures there with doll heads that, you know, whatever. But it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Heads. No, I know there's it's an not. Elmo only here doll with heads, a guitar. Yeah. So, I mean, there's it's, That's really cool. Just kind of a trail like that made out of all stuff that's found there. That's kind of cool. So, last quote is, can't somebody do something about all this uh trash? <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> they're they building they're, sculptures. They're putting it up for display. And so. attracting people to come look at. I mean, we could put up our trash in the backyard, see if we can get people to come look at it. Gross. No. <laughs> no. We don't even have an alley running That's in true. our backyard. No. That's true. I don't no. think the neighbors would like us too much if we did that. I, I'm sure they would call the cops on us. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure, especially I, in this positive. neighborhood. I'm positive, yes, yes. <laughs> when you, you mow your lawn three or four times a week, we do not. No. But when you mow your lawn three or four times a week, you know you're going to get the cops called on you if your yard is yes. not to yes. standards. We're the lazy people in the on the block who mow it every couple of weeks, whatever. Hey, it's if it gets worse. to six inches... And we finally cut it at that point. As long as it doesn't go over there, they're not going to call the cops on us. This is true. This so, is true. yeah. Anyway, if you like what you heard here or would like to tell us anything, or give us ideas, send us stories, uh, you can send us an email. Critique us. Critique us. Yes, yes, yes. Send tell us a- Alan how boring he tell is. Tell me how boring I am because <laughs> I am really boring. Just let him know he needs to fun it up like, like yeah. his partner Desi over here. Yeah. You can do that at outlandishoutcast at gmail.com. <laughs> go to Instagram. I should have started off with Facebook. Anyways, go to Instagram at podcast. Oh, my You don't goodness. even know where we're located. Outlandish Outcast on Instagram. Okay. You're next with Twitter. Twitter is Outlandish Casts. It's the different one. Last but not least, Facebook, Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Also, whatever app or platform you happen to be listening to this podcast on, just rate us and review us. They all have options for rates and reviews. We'd love to see some. (gasps) I would love to see a review. That would be really cool. I love reviews. That would be cool. Even if it breaks my heart. I feel like we suck. We got to knock it up a few notches. Oh, I'm sure as a creator, we can delete them. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, have a good week, everybody. Bye.